Hi, Gauri here. We've collected the best insights from the first 20 Knowledge Base Ninjas episodes into a clear and concise ebook. Simply send a blank email to ninja at bcast.email. That's ninja at bcast.email and it will be sent right back to you. Thank you. Welcome to the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. Where Gauri Ram Kumar of Document 360 finds the best SaaS self-service knowledge bases in the world and then interviews their creators. Let's get started with today's episode. Good day everyone. Our guest today is Dave Connors, UX writer at Squid. Squid provides a fundament, fundamentally new model for creating digital experiences. with little or no code required so welcome dave to knowledge base ninjas podcast how are you doing today hi i'm doing pretty good trying to survive working from home but i think i am succeeding maybe <laughs> good luck with that so <laughs> so i'm i'm sure i might have mentioned only a very very small portion of you uh, in my uh, initial introduction please feel free to introduce more of about yourself and how you are related to documentation and uh, if yeah. you'd like to ex- uh, elaborate a bit about your current profile with squid yeah so yeah so i initially joined squid as a technical writer um i am still te- i'm still in theory a technical writer um we're currently switching my um title over to ux writer so um that is i'm doing both right now um so i'm both uh, we're a small team of four so we have about 100 uh, a workforce of about 100 people and then there's four writers um and we kind of are hat the hat people for when it comes to content and um, i've done you know in a day i can do uh some product marketing stuff i can also end up you know spinning up a repo to do, make docs changes um we i do a lot of stuff with uh our design team um trying to write good clear copy because a lot of times there's just so much overlap with technical writing and uh in app content because you're just looking at the same you're looking at features trying to figure out how to describe them and explain them um so and you're thinking about how the user is going to see it so so there's just like so much overlap there fantastic so how did you initially got into documentation dave yeah uh so i have been a freelance just words person editor writer copywriter technical writer for about 9 years now i started right out of college um and along the way i just kind of you know when gigs came across the um email that were technical documentation based i just i did a few and then when i got a job for a very small startup um that was trying to uh, kind of enable developers to work on projects that are open source projects um i started working with them doing community management 
And that morphed into writing knowledge-based articles for how to do stuff. And then it also kind of entailed like writing out tickets and trying to, you know, translate developerese, <laughs> like mm -hmm. um, saying like, hey, you just wrote 10 sentences, um, which is basically just telling me to click this button um, and uh, ended up getting a call from a friend who worked at Squid um asking about hey i know you're learning i was learning front-end development at the time and he is like i know you're you know deep into the front-end trenches would you want to come do some technical writing for, for squid um i can you know recommend you and i said yeah sure that sounds awesome and here we are. <laughs> Great. Uh, so something I wanted to ask you is, how was UX writer uh, profile different to um, a normal documentation writer profile? Yeah, sure. So in a lot of ways, and I'm probably going to get like tons of mentions about how wrong I am. So that's fine. I accept it. <laughs> but in a, lot, in a lot of ways, they're, they're, they're kind of similar. Um, like a technical writer, though, I think for the bigger companies, the technical writer isn't going to be looking at uh, products in products text. Um, they're going to be specifically writing, you know, this is this feature. Here's what it is. Here's what it does. Um, UX writers have kind of been a new-ish thing in the last, I think around 2017 is when it first started kind of taking hold, where their main job is to work on in-app text. So tooltips, labels, um, properties, onboarding flows, tours. Um, so for somebody like Google, they're going to have people writing their technical docs and they're going to have people writing, um, you know, their in-app copy working with design. Um but like I was listening to the podcast um, with Gavin and he said he's, so he was like the principal technical writer, right? Um, Gavin at Salesforce. Mm -hmm. And yep. he, he said he, that he's, you know, they, his team sits in on all of these meetings with developers and designers and they, uh, they are all influencing how features are built and writing in app text. So like, there are ton, there's so much overlap between the two. And I kind of hinted at it before is, you know, your, our process at Squid is we also sit in on a lot of the feature development meetings. And because of our, in, we're basically investigative journalists and we have to go in and we have to understand the feature in order to tell users about it clearly. So when, if a developer says something that we don't understand, we have to ask follow-up questions and maybe there's a reason we don't understand it. And is it because, you know, it's it, the, the terminology or the taxonomy around it needs to be a little bit clearer or is it just because we're dumb and we need to <laughs> ask more questions? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you have this interplay between looking at a technical doc, trying to explain it and also looking at a feature that's being built um, and, you know, you're dealing with the words in, in the technical documentation. So uh, I think there's actually going to be a, a lot of um, more um, pronounced overlap between technical writer and, and UX writer. Right now, I think there's a lot of emphasis on kind of UX design and people entering the UX writing space from 
the design arena. Um, but like, I think there's a lot more technical writers doing kind of what I'm doing, playing, you know, both UX writer and uh, documentation uh, technical writer that just have been doing it for so long and mm-hmm. that they just don't have the title UX writer. Okay. That's very interesting. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, a, that's nice to know. And I'm sure um, lots of lots and lots of um, efforts are also spent on making sure the, uh, the front end looks very user friendly. So I, I can uh, relate how important a UX writer job could also be uh, in that aspect. Right. Yeah. Cause you want the clearest copy possible. You want to make sure that, you know, you can have a really awesome product, but you know, if you call something a really weird name that has nothing to do with the actual functionality, it's going to throw people off. So you definitely want human, uh, human centered copy in all places. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what is your documentation process and who do you normally get involved in it? Yeah. So we, uh, like I said before, we're a team of four, so we are kind of all balancing a lot of things, but we, uh, we do docs as code. So we've got, um, our, our, platform our docs platform is built on sphinx um we have it all in a github repo and then we and then we um this just have a website apart from our um main marketing website for squid uh, that's where all the docs live um a lot of times we are you know when we're trying to dock a new feature we're talking with our developers, um, SMEs, as we say in the technical doc world. Um, we are talking with design. We're talking with uh, a lot of our solutions engineers because they're also trying to understand it. We're devouring any existing literature to figure out what it's doing. But a lot of times it just looks like you know asking a ton of questions about hey, what is this thing? And what is it supposed to do? Oh, you said it's doing this. Then why do I feel like it's doing this? Um, Just kind of like, again, investigative journalism. Uh, We're just digging into what we're supposed to understand and because we just need to understand it in order to write about it. So um, we're working, we talk to everybody. Um, Nobody is safe. (laughs) If if you are at a desk on the product floor, you are in our crosshairs probably. So nice. So um, so while creating such documentation, what do you think are the important factors one should consider? Oh, clarity. Um, Not sounding like a robot. I have a huge thing about. I always tell my coworkers if it sounds like I'm standing in a like spaceship and a computer is talking to me um, and telling me all these intense words. If it's, if our, if like a sentence sounds like it's being told to me by a computer AI, then it needs to be rewritten. (laughs) That's my rule. Um, Because I really feel that technical writing, like the the documentation, even if it's talking about code, should still be user-centric and we should still shoot to have clear, um, like the clearest words possible and the most human words possible. Um, 
just because our, our just because your your audience might understand that all the jargony terms um, doesn't mean you still need to use those. So like a big thing is like the difference between show and display. Mm-hmm. Um, like I pick on that a lot because like the, uh, a lot of times show is, is just a more normal word and how we would say it in normal, in normal conversation. Um, sometimes display actually needs to be used. Um, so just like being really, really intentional about, um, just because we can use fancy words, should we? Um, and asking those questions I think has been a huge part for, how I approach documentation because I don't think people like developers reading documentation. I don't think they're going to realize that you are using human centric language. I think they're just going to realize that it's easier to read than others. I don't know if they're going to know why, and it's not necessarily their job to know why documentation is uh, like understandable. (laughs) They just want to understand the problem, right? Like understand the feature and get what they need to get. And then, uh, apply it to what they're doing. So, um, I think even with, uh, technical documentation, UX writing, marketing, like there's, there's just, it's always a good rule of thumb to be human centric, use words that are understandable. Um, you know, and you have, you know, use the fancy words if you need to. Um, it's kind of like with squid, we, you know, it's a, it's a low code platform. We're not no code, because we see the, the benefit of extensibility and we really want people to be able to extend with code. So um, it's kind of the similar thing. Like I see the benefits of being able to speak the language of all of these really uh, tough to understand concepts, but also combining that with just like, hey, let's use normal words. Got you. Um, so I, I'm sure without um, uh, having to say this, um, your contribution to the documentation, um, um, especially the UX writer, writer's contribution to any documentation must have a great uh, uh, customer uh, service or success strategy. So have you witnessed um, directly how how much of your work is uh, taken by your customer service or success um, uh, team? Yeah, we actually have a really good relationship with our um, customer support, customer support. Um, we, we actually have check-ins with them every week to see if we're missing anything in our documentation. Um, and a lot of times we are, you know, working with them to double check to make sure things are covered correctly. Um, and they're sending out, you know, our docs to help you know, clients or customers who need, you know, answers, they're using our docs for themselves because uh, Squid is a pretty big uh, uh, product and you can do a lot of really cool things with it. Um, So they're using our docs. um, And, uh, you know, we're also seeing analytics too of just, you know, how how much our docs are being consumed. Um, And a lot of that, some of that is just through, you know, customer support. Uh, you know, being our evangelists, um, our customer support team is really smart so that we, we get a lot of really good uh, customer feedback from them too. 
Nice, nice. Um, so again, something similar uh, related. So have you, um, or let me ask you this way, do you think you can measure the ROI by introducing quality documentation? Oh man, um, yes, with some caveats. Um, I think the cool thing about quality documentation is that uh, you know that it's you know that people are going to read it because you get really easy you can you can have Google Analytics and see your views right like so the hard part is is like you have these different touch points for uh, uh, why somebody would come to documentation a lot of times it's going to be because they're trying to figure out what something does. Um, and if that's making them successful, I'm sure you'll hear about it in, in just a, a, a possibly a user just continuing to use the product. And this might be a, this might be a place I admit I, I just might be a little wobbly on, but I know that good, good documentation is necessary to give people answers. Um, but you know, what's, what's responsible for keeping a user, uh, in love with your product. Is it the documentation? Is it the, the UX in the, in the product? Is it the, the helpful tool tips? Is it the awesome customer support? I mean, it's all kind of responsible. And I think the, the ROI from keeping customers, giving them answers, I know that it's there. <laughs> uh, is it easily measurable? Hard to say. I don't know. Um, I would hate to find out what would happen if it wasn't there. <laughs> Maybe I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is one question where a lot of a uh, lot of um, the documentation writers struggle to answer. So yeah. Whereas some people they do have a straightforward answer, and uh, to my surprise, they even kept measuring all these things. Um, mm -hmm report to their uh, superiors and to the management so i'm sure i'm sure you would end up with more support calls like like that's probably easy that's probably a way that you would measure it um like you would you would have to do a measuring of you know how much does a support call cost if the, the docs aren't there uh you know are you getting more i bet you like that would be a good way to have an experiment of what it would be if uh, it wasn't there, but I don't really want to find out. Mm -hmm. Sure. So um, even though a lot of the products don't change their UI uh, very regularly, but how often uh, uh, do you update your documentation or how often should your documentation be updated? Do you have any uh, points on that, uh, Dave? Yeah, I think you should always be... So the, the hard part is, is like you're, you're constantly writing new documentation, but you also want to make sure that like, uh, that you're, you know, as a writer, you're growing, you're getting better at communicating concepts. Um, like you're always growing. You're kind of learning tips and tricks here, things, how to, how to structure things better here. And even your style guides evolving. So like you, it's, it's really important to constantly be going over the existing, what's existing. Um, in, in your documentation, just to make sure that you're providing the user the best experience possible. Um, and that you're even giving the user, like you're pre presenting it to them the best way possible. Uh, like a constant, like we're always asking 
my team is always asking like, is there a better way to make this clear? Is there a better way to provide more resources? Should we be adding gifts? Should we be adding screenshots? Should we be, I mean, like, we're always trying to figure out how to make it clear. And I think if you write a thing and then leave it, um, you're missing out on giving a user a better experience. So. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, so uh, are you currently generating any organic search traffic from your knowledge base? Um, sort of. I mean, we are, we, a big part of our, um, Docs are, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, we are getting a lot of Google hits from people going to Google and searching a problem and our docs are coming up. Um, we're, I think that's probably just the pattern. Um, we are, I don't know if that's people outside of, of our current user base. Um, I think it's a lot of people who are just, they, instead of searching the problem on our knowledge base, um, because we have a search bar, we use our Algolia um, within our within our documentation, our doc site. Uh, but I think people are just instead of going to our our search and typing the question there, they go to Google instead. So I don't know if it's I don't know if it's one hundred percent organic. It might be partially GMO. Okay, that's a okay. horrible that's a horrible organic GMO joke. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave now. I'm sorry. <laughs> no worries. No worries at all. Um, so let's move on to our rapid fire round. Um, so who have you learned the most about documentation from in your career? Oh, man. I think um, probably, strangely, um, John Saito, I think his name is, and Scott Kuby. Um, there's a, there's a really good um, community called Write the Docs that has a really smart people, has smart people in it that I um, constantly am shadowing and stalking. Uh, there's, there's a really smart um, community of UX writers that has a lot of really good things to say about, I mean, it's, it's UX writing focused, but again, I think there's so much overlap between UX writing and technical writing that I think a lot of the lessons learned um, are, are pretty transferable to documentation. Um, my coworkers are really smart too, and I learn a lot from them. Um, shout out to you guys. Good job. Way Fantastic. to be smart. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. I've not heard anybody saying this, so um, thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Super. So can you share a documentation-related resource you have recently consumed? Uh, knowledge based ninjas. It's a really <laughs> cool podcast. Just started. Should check it out. <laughs> and write the docs. Uh, there's a write the docs Slack community that I'm constantly going through. Yeah, super. So again, what is that one piece of documentation related advice you would give to your 20 year old self? Um, it's more important to be, um, clear and simple than it is to be fancy and feel like you're using really cool words. <laughs> <laughs> so keep it simple. Keep it simple. Don't it like look up words in the thesaurus and then use those just because you feel awesome, <laughs> which I used to do. 
I admit I used to do it. Yeah. I thought the bigger the word, the more impressed somebody would be. It's all lies. Great. Uh, thank you so much, Dave. So do you have anything more to add to our audience before we say goodbye to them? Um, we can survive the time <laughs> we're in. We can do it. Be kind. Stay awesome. As uh, Jim from Troll Hunters, the animated series on Netflix says, stay crispy. <laughs> I bet nobody has watched that. I'm just so indebted with like children's shows right now. Okay. You've watched it. Good job. Okay. That's all. I'm done. Fantastic. Thank you, Dave, right. for sharing your unique experience and your journey. And uh, yeah, thank you. Take your time today with us. Take care. You too. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. Please head to iTunes, rate, and provide honest feedback on the podcast. See you next week.